Hi guys and welcome back to You're On Crackmate, the podcast where we delve into films, television series and whatever takes our fancy really, analysing and reviewing them to the point where I've been told flat out, you're on Crackmate. This week I'm delighted to be introducing to the podcast for the first time somebody who has been slaying his way through Twitter, that is a terrible pun, I'm very very sorry. Uh, he is however not a terrible human, he is Sammy Burridge, you are very welcome here, how are you getting on? Thank you, thanks for having me, it's nice to be here. On the podcast, yes. I'm uh, actually slaying my way through Twitter. Is that uh, quite quiet enough? But uh, yeah, not doing too bad. Glad it's nice and cool downstairs, so like in sunny UK. Yes, yeah. I kind of to to use a a Buffy reference straight away. I've the last two weeks I have felt like Spike in Chosen. That's kind of how it's <laughs> felt. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much. Um, so basically, how do I say this? You first came to my attention on Twitter, so I was just like, this guy loves Buffy. So yes, has it all been a front? Do you absolutely hate Buffy? Is, is, is it all yeah, an act? Never seen it, never seen it, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's all lies. No, no, I, yes, I was a little bit of a Buffy fan, I suppose. Uh, I pretty much grew up with it, to be fair, like back in the old days when we had like, you know, TVs without recording and stuff, uh, and streaming services, so pretty much grew up with it. So yeah, it's quite an bit of a fan uh, back in the old days um, actually, I actually actually got to see um a couple of years ago I actually got to go and see uh, Buffy's house at least the front of it obviously because it's not really filmed in there but uh, went down to LA and like stalked town found out where it was in school and stuff that was quite cool uh, so I think I probably is on the key call of fame now for getting down that close to it that is really cool the the school what what was it about the school again it was another school as well wasn't it in, in another um it was what, a, it was like a real school. I think it was Terence. I think it's Terence School is the actual name, which is where the actual the, the house is there as well. It's a couple of roads away, uh, the actual house. Um, in fact, a funny enough question, we were doing some pictures outside the house and a group of, uh, I think it was his wife, I guess, and, and my husband came past. They were like older couple, probably in the late 50s. They old house came past and like, wait, oh, you're doing the Buffy thing too. I was like, yes, yes, we've been like stalking. Like, they're like, hi, how are you? And so it's nice to like a different age, like because we're much older than we were. That uh, was like about 10 years ago. Uh, so it was nice to see a different, like, it was born to different age groups for, like, obviously interested in eventually they would track down where things were filmed and, and go. Sadly, the school was shut, obviously, because it was a weekend, but oh. some pictures outside. And tried to run away, and I was like, I didn't break an entry. It's probably not a good look for <laughs> being in America, so decided not to do that. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, literally, the opening scene of the first episode invites you to break and enter this school. This is true. This is true. I could have reenacted that scene. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You could just find whatever blonde girl is nearby. I would ask that you ask her first, but then the, 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 the pair of you just break into the school together. You could re reenact the whole thing. Yeah, I'll just put a wig with me while they're doing that. Stick it on. I like. See, that's planning ahead. I like that. Yeah, we did do a whole. There was a. We did the Buffy thing. Is also did a. My friend at the time was into some horror stuff, so we did all the horror houses that were near that sort of area too. Uh, so it's like our own sort of like. Uh, what would you call it? They're like tour groups you go on, but we did our own special tour, just like Buffy and horror sort of things. Oh, it's a good I, trip. I really like that. Like, I mean, we are uh, definitely geeks together. Like, that's, that, that's the kind of stuff that, like, I would go crazy for that kind of stuff. Some people would be like, why are you standing outside of a house? Because it's Buffy's house on Ravello Drive. <laughs> just going, We're not being too creepy. Sorry about this kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I'm sure people who live there going, oh, it's another group they're going. <laughs> Someone else has turned up. I'd say yeah. it'd be one of those things where if you were living there, you, you either grow a sense of humor really, really fast, mm. or you put up a really high fence. I would have been, I, if I owned that house, I would have been like doing tickets, like come in, take some tickets, you know, pictures, you know, 
marketer, you know. 100%. Now, so I remember, so casting all my memory all the way back to those years ago, so 1997, uh, how old was I? I was nine years old. So that's the first red flag. I should not have been watching Welcome to the Hellmouth at nine years old because that episode scared me as a kid. Do you remember your first watch of Welcome to the Hellmouth? I do, although I watched it after, because um, I got into it a little bit later. I was in college just about, so it was 1999, I think I first watched it. That's okay. all the which made me something that's not doing the math there. Uh, <laughs> a bit older. But uh, yeah, I just like, my friend actually uh, in college, Daniel got me into Buffy. It's all his fault, so we can blame him for this. Um, Thank you, Daniel. But he introduced me to it. Uh, in, like, I think it was just the end of season one I got into it, and it was first airing in the UK, obviously, it's different from the American mm-hmm. airing stuff. But uh, yeah, it was kind of fun because I sort of missed that, obviously, originally, because I came in halfway through. So obviously I had to wait until the DVDs came out because we didn't have streaming service. I couldn't just like flick on Netflix. Um, mm. Internet was dial up, which is always a classic. Um, which is funny, you watch it now, you walk back and go, Oh, look, they're going on the web. Like they call it the World Wide Web and stuff. And it's like, Oh my God, <laughs> it really just date the show. But uh, yeah, it was kind of fun to like go back and watch it later on. But it, I was probably just after yeah, college time. So it was, it, was, it was nice. It was different. It was a nice, different sort of, um, sort of show that it was a, more like episodic and stuff. We like Star Trek, which is another sort of show that I quite enjoy watching. I kind of like those self contained. Um, sort of shows and it's nice of like a wrapped up metaphor in each sort of episode um, so I thought it was quite good it was nice and like it was dark and scary but also funny and you know and it was nice to see like well, the first episode where like they break into the school it was nice to see a nice flip of the sort of like you generally think it was the guy that's going to be like the evil kind of vampire sort of guy and it turns out it's actually the girl Dala you find that she's a vampire and she kills him it's like oh this is good you know much more better than this normal girl running screaming for her life it's tripping over nothing which I saw like horror films I don't always bug me in horror films like that it's like come on turn around fight do something so it's nice and then Buffett it was a nice flip with that with the script. so I do find it a little bit scary I think the master was quite scary like a main villain he was quite sort of creepy and sort of but funny and also creepy yeah but, uh, Mark Metcalf um is he still so i'm thinking of the the various big bads i really have a soft spot for the master um Mm. he was high camp but in a Mm. brilliant way um and do how do i say so season one gets a tough uh, a lot of tough reviews i think um how how do you feel Let's say now, it's a, <clears throat> a couple of years now since season one uh, landed. Yeah. Uh, in rewatching these couple of episodes, per se, how do you feel it's mm. aged? I think it's, it's not that aged too bad. I mean, to, compared to like today's like, you know, long drawn out story arts and things, I think it's not bad. Like, it was filmed very well. Obviously, the, the original first series was on, it was like in a lower quality stock. It was like 38 mil or something. It was like 16 mil or something. It was a little bit more grainy, but... I think like the acting is obviously very good from all of them. The storyline is still very good. I think it does hold up very well, really. Um, and it's, I think the first season had a nice option for it went on to all the old classics, which are like, you know, werewolves and all the classic like horror bits that it's all touched on, which was nice. Um, I, think, I think it still has a quality. I still watch the opposite episode now and then, really, to be fair. Um, I've recently got someone else into watching it, so that's good. Converted <laughs> oh. <laughs> another one. <laughs> uh, Excellent. They're, they're just plowing through it, obviously, because they got it on them. Um, 
I think it's on uh, it Amazon over here in the UK, it's on streaming at the moment, um, yes. in that HD kind of master they've done. Um, yeah, that's, because I, I, I had, I have seen the the remaster of Welcome to the Hellmouth itself a couple of times, but I think it was actually the first time I'd watched The Harvest in this remaster, and it's okay, it's not great, but it's okay. But I've seen there, there's a fantastic um, YouTube video breakdown of just how bad some of the episodes. Yes, yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, like, you could see Joss Whedon in some of the shots. Like, you know, hello, <laughs> oh, this was meant to be filmed yeah. in 4.3. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it just, I've watched, I think it's the, um, is it called like Buffy HD or something it's called? Yeah. The channel is not on YouTube. But yeah, I just, I find it really bad watching it. But everyone just looks really plasticky in it because they're like over it, like, denoised everything to the fact that you're going it's like dolls that is just like you know i watched like the x-files got remastered and i watched that the other day and that would look fantastic on the screen you know you still see a nice bit of film grain it was nice and clean but even buffer and it's like they've like plastered them over like makeup kind of thing it just looks yeah. weird and odd and it needs another remaster really but uh it it does. yeah i i, I won't I wonder, you'd have to kind of, it'd be some serious letter writing campaign that would have to go into that. Yeah. Or even just, you know, if we could fund some nice independent artists. Um, yeah. Although now it's owned by Disney, I'm not sure. Well, maybe Disney will re maybe they'll remaster, who knows? Because uh, it was Fox, wasn't it, who remastered originally, badly. So maybe uh, Disney might have another crack at it. Well, with some money they've found down the back of the couch, in fairness, like Disney, yeah. I don't think, is struggling for cash. No, to be fair, I think most people would argue crowdfunded it. I think they would easily get enough people to like, you know, chip in to, I don't know how expensive it would cost to like remaster, but they must have rescanned the original stuff again at some point that Fox must have done. I reckon, yeah, I mean, they must, I mean, I think it for this, for the, uh, the bad remaster, they must have had mm. the tapes there to yeah. do that. Um, so, I mean, they do exist, and if anyone loses them, I would be very displeased. Yeah, I'm still clutching onto the old DVDs. <laughs> I did. Now, I had so DVDs well. for a long time, but um, I remember we had a, a video chain here in Ireland that it's basically a you know, blockbuster. Hmm. So we it, it was a blockbuster in Ireland. Yeah. And we yeah. traded as an extravision here, there. They have since unfortunately left this mortal realm, so I think I'm allowed to name them. Um, <laughs> and because I was nine years old renting this video, that's the important part of that story. But I rented the video of Welcome, because I can't remember whether I watched the video first, because it had incredible artwork on it, that season one artwork, mm. or whether I caught it on TV, because I think BBC, no, Sky, Sky aired it. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember renting the video, and it was just like, this is a horror movie, isn't it? Like, it is, a, I think it's 18s. I remember, well, I remember the, of the kind of creepy thing that I remember, I think, I don't know if it was in The Harvest, or was it in the second one? When the master's like displeased with one of the, um, his minions, and he pokes his eye out. That bit where I was like, oh, okay, now we're going, like, this is definitely, like, you know, dark. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, and you obviously didn't show it, but it just be like, you know, the impression of him doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a little bit creepy. <laughs> you're, you're, dead, you're dead, right, and you're, you're right, they don't show it. You do hear it, though. Yeah, that's the thing, it's more like that visceral, like, oh. Oh. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna like. It's nice they could show, also they couldn't show everything because it's shot. I think we had it on BBC Two over here. It was showing at like 6 p.m. I think. We used to be after like, yeah. you know, maybe the Simpsons on, then they'd be like Buffy or Star Trek or something. Um, so 
So yeah, it was all that time slot they couldn't be too. Obviously there were some episodes, I know later on they had to cut out certain like, I say swear words like the B word would come up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was uh, Only Have Eyes For You, the episode when, you know, the whole teacher's coming over and over again, she says, don't wait for me, you, and says the B word. But in the original airing, they cut that little bit out. I was like, oh, because I watched it on DVD, I was like, I remember that line being in there before. And I was like, oh, because of Watershed and everything else. So. Um, did you see, do you remember watching Killed by Death? Was, oh, the one in the hospital? Yes, I think it was yes, BBC. Yeah. I know, I think they aired it, but I know they banned it. Did they? Yes, because oh. it's like, oh, this is, first of all, that's Freddy Krueger. I mean, like, copyright aside, uh, yeah. and, you know, killing a whole bunch of kids in a hospital. BBC is just like, I think we might just skip that one. Oh, yeah, because I remember later on they had, a, I think it was in America with the um, later on seasons, it was one where, uh, uh, was it Earshot, where she could start hearing. Oh, yeah. Whereas that one in America, I know, definitely got, almost didn't make it to air because it was the whole, like, you know, gun thing, school shootings and stuff. It was very, obviously, still are, and sadly, these days, um, a big thing. Um, I think I think it's good they did end up airing. It was a nice episode to show people, like you know, compassion. People have to have compassion for each other and understand that everyone's going through something, and you might not see it, but they are, and that's the whole point really of that show, of that episode really. Um, which is nice through Buffy things. So, yeah, they always do that metaphor, you know, something within something, which is nice. Well, that leads very nicely because you're absolutely right. So much of Buffy is. Don't, it's metaphor, demons, or personal demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. what uh, is there, first of all, a character on Buffy who you would maybe not necessarily identify with, but you would gravitate to the most? Well, I suppose it's really Buffy, really, herself. <laughs> Everyone goes with the main character. Yes. Um, always is. Um, I think, yeah, I think especially, because as I was saying before, because I grew up just as I was starting college, and I was saying that she was like character-wise just in high school. So it was a nice sort of, you know, that sort of, uh, you know, you're always like emphasizing for your own sort of feelings and like characters and TV and shows. And it was sort of that same, you know, especially like, I think it was the end of season two, no, season, oh, I'm getting my Buffy confused. Oh dear, terrible. Uh, I know it's bad, sacrilege. Um, uh, Becoming part one and two. That was That's season. season two, yeah. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. season two, I thought I was like, um, obviously, you know, the whole speech, you know, the mum and stuff, and the whole Slayer thing. Obviously, everyone, especially from being a gay man these days, you get, at that point, I was like, yeah, okay, definitely can like, identify with that whole, you know, having to not, not quite sure about something, can, can't really tell everyone. Um, especially back in, like, you know, the, the early 2000s, end of 90s, it still wasn't that really accepted. So there was still, like, oh, should I tell people, should I not? And so definitely, like, you know, that whole, like, episode and, like, speech definitely, like, you know, resonated a bit with me. Um, it was kind of weird, actually. My parents used to watch the show with me sometimes. Was they, I hadn't told them at this point. I was in like 17, 18. So I hadn't really told them that. And uh, so watching, I'm sitting there and I'm going, just looking over and going, oh no, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I think I eventually told them like I think a couple of months later, but it was nice to have, you could like always see certain scenarios in your own life reflected, which was nice. And it was, the way it was written was pretty good to be fair in that sort of situation. So I think for me, that was like one of the main, main points. I kind of like resonated with the whole like, you know, they tried not being as lay, you know, that kind of is like, well, maybe we should try not being gay. It was like, well, that's not really a thing. I can't not be that because I was kind of born that way. I wasn't like, I didn't choose to be like gay. It wasn't like I chose to do. So it's just what I am. So, you know, which is a nice, you know. It is. That's a, it's stuff. a beautiful, it's rough. It's rough watching that now. 
in not in that it's upsetting, but that it's so, I suppose, I want to use the word visceral because mm. you know what's being said yeah. without using those exact words. It's just like, yeah. oh my, oh my. Um, and also the fact that she is effectively outed. Mm. You know, she doesn't get to tell her mum she's a slayer because yeah. she is outed in front of Joyce. Mm. I think also, you know, that episode as well, the mom's like in the background, just moving back and forth, like, well, her and Spike having that conversation. She's like, oh my God, every time I can slay her, maybe it wasn't because you had a, a father figure thing she was saying and stuff. And so, all those things, she goes, obviously, like, you know, that's, you can easily relate as like, like a lesbian or a gay man, you know, that kind of thing, like, palsy, really. Um, so it was nice that we're tackling that. That's what I like about metaphors. You could tackle those things, especially back in those days, without having to say, Stuff like that. Same as Star Trek has the same thing. You have tons of metaphors in Star Trek for those kind of things, um, where they couldn't really get away with saying stuff like that because senses and stuff were more sort of, you know, you know, well, just stupid very back in the day for censoring stuff like that. So you couldn't do it. So you had to put in a metaphor, but it, people could still resonate, which was the which is the nice thing. That's why I sort of like both of those sort of shows and my go-tos for like geeky things. Um, yeah, definitely that was like a thoroughly support thoroughly support those those <laughs> being your geeky things angel angel comes ah, along angel. in welcome <laughs> to the hellmouth and i'm nine years old so he is just wearing a nice jacket as far as i'm concerned and that's great oh. and everything Rewatching welcome to the hellmouth now i feel slightly different um and i feel that maybe as Buffy went on and I started to become slightly more aware of my environment and myself, I was like, oh, maybe Angel might be better than a nice jacket. I see. <laughs> Did Angel, um, let's say, encourage you on your journey to being a bit more, um, or wanting to be in Buffy's stance, should I say? Yes, I think most, but I think most... Uh men and women, to be fair, we found Angel, uh, David Boreas, attractive back then in the day. Um, obviously still now, still quite, quite a looker. Um, I do remember many years ago, there was a, uh, I think he was, I think he was still in, I think it was still when Buffy was still airing, so it must have been like mid-season, like four or five. Um, and he was selling his old car in America, like on like Craigslist or whatever it was somewhere, like an old Cadillac car he had. And he was selling it. But the part of the thing he was selling that he said, like, if you come by the car, I will spend a day with you. So there was me like, you know, 18 year old going, oh my God, I don't drive, I don't live in the right country, but how can I buy his car because I can spend the day with him? <laughs> that was a thousand things went through my head. It's like, I don't need a car, it's fine. Keep the car afterwards. <laughs> if I could spend a day with you, that'd be fantastic. But yeah. Absolutely. Obviously, I did not obviously have any cash to buy a car or a driving license or get a head ticket over the year. But so, yeah. These are small issues, small issues. All right. If, <laughs> yeah, if, if this comes details, up again. Details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Wow, I no, I'd never heard of that. That's actually kind of cool. It's also bloody good marketing technique, David Boreanaz. That's a good way to get your car sold. I don't know. I think everyone wasn't really interested in the car. I was like, I don't even drive. It's fine. But, uh, <laughs> I think it was like, I'm sure it was crazy. Some one of those like, you know, selling things at one point back in the day. But uh, yes, he was definitely uh, definitely on the, on the wall of a poster, I believe, from memory. Like when you had like, Buffy posters and stuff, he was definitely one of them I had on the wall for a while. Yeah. I personally... I am Team Buffy and Angel. I, I know there are many different schools of thoughts on this. Um, where do you come down on this? Oh, that's a good question. I, I do like 
Buffy and Angel together. But I was like Buffy and Spike, you know, it's a nice, I think there's a different, it was in very different relationships in both ones, but uh, like obviously the Buffy and Spike, that's sort of Buffy and Spike, the Buffy and uh, Angel one was much more of a loving sort of, you know, that sort of first boyfriend thing. And obviously Buffy and Spike were much more, more adulty relationship. Um, yes. Which was obviously, I had to warn my, uh, my sister actually, her, my niece started watching Buffy and she's only about 10 or 11. Yay hi, you know, this was white. Um, I had to warn her, obviously you could watch it, but originally it was over seven years. So you kind of grew up with the characters. So don't, like I said, obviously later on as you get to certain episodes, you might want to just skip them or just like pre-watch ahead to make sure. Obviously the, the main thing when they had the first, you know, sexual encounter, the two and the house falls down. Mm. You don't really see much, but there was a lot of, good for place noises and, you know, and, and things are going on. So I was like, maybe skip that one or just like, you know, hop over it. Yeah. Naked uh, push-ups might be another one. Um... Oh yes, yes. That was always a, a favorite one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's during lockdown, I believe that was a lockdown uh, exercise routine. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It works very, very well as an as a exercise regime. You know, I, I don't blame Spike. Yeah, clearly it worked for him. I mean, uh, there's definitely uh, lots of topless pictures of him going on there uh, back then. But, uh, Mother of God. I mean, watch it now. Just like James Marster's workout regime must have. The man was as lean. Mm-hmm. Mother of God. Because th- the funny thing watch kind of as you say now you can kind of you could binge it right so if you binge from welcome to the hellmouth up until not fade away in angel you can see david boreanaz who is supposed to be a vampire who doesn't change appearance Mm -hmm. and is 19 has clearly started eating an awful lot of protein and got a gym membership by the time we get to not fade away because the man is a comparative tank when you compare him to welcome to the hellmouth which is impressive for a dead guy. You know, it's good to keep the old protein. Also, and also Angel, wasn't it? Uh, the episode where he becomes human for the first time. Obviously, like all the things, ice cream or something, including the straight to your hips. It's true, it's like, you know, if he's supposed to be like the undead vampire, then he shouldn't like gain any weight or gain muscly bigger or anything, you know, that kind of stuff should be the same. But I know, I kind of, it's kind of funny, obviously, in the last, um, was it the last episode of Buffy or near the end of the last season where he turns up, doesn't he, near the end of, um, uh, and gives a bit of the amulet thing. Uh, she says, no, it might, might be a long time. And he's like, well, I'm not getting any older kind of thing, which is a nice little play on things. They know obviously that he's got older, but it's nice they like play on that, I think, um, for the writing and stuff, which is always, you know, they always did a fantastic job of, of writing and callbacks from different episodes, which I thought was quite nice. But it wasn't also where you had to have known something. You could forget, like, you know, some people don't always remember what's gone on. So they would just throw the odd bit in. So. If you did remember, it made it funny. If you didn't, it was just part of that episode. It wasn't like a big, didn't hinge on that one thing. You remembering like 10 episodes ago that this happened, you know. Exactly. Yeah, like some are obviously like sequel episodes almost. They're, right, I rely on you very, very much so Mm. having seen this earlier episode. And some are, like I love, um, I think it's in it, Andrew, his older brother was the guy who set the hellhounds loose at the prom. Tucker, oh, yeah, I think. Yeah. Tucker, yeah. And there's a few jokes about that. It's like, you know, kind of, mm. we, you know, we have Warren who is into magic and robots and you've got Jonathan who just wants to be accepted. And and who's the other guy again? Tucker was his brother with the prom. Yeah, no. I just love how, how poor old Tom Link, but it, he played it so well. And you don't really see, um, like, you don't see um, uh, Warren a bit beforehand. You used to mm. see Jonathan way before uh, in early episodes. You don't really see 
him for until he really turned up with those guys, I think, from memory. He's not any other previous episodes at all, which is uh, kind of interesting. But I was also back in the day talking about people turning up. Uh, when Dawn has turned up, I missed the episode when it first aired. So oh, the next wow. day I'd, I'd watched it and I was like, where did she come from? Who is this? Because there's no way to find out. I was like, oh, yeah, God. that fits the theme, in fairness. You know, that, that you know, having rewatched, like, no, no, being as confused as everyone else absolutely works for the context of the scene. Uh, I will be honest, I hated Dawn on first watch. On first oh, okay. watch, I I have since come around to. I'm actually, do you know what? I'll even put little asterisks on that. Seasons five and six, Dawn couldn't stand her. Season seven, Dawn at the time I liked. Oh, now okay. I'm a bit warmer toward her, but yeah. I think I've never had. I think most of the characters, I've never had any characters that I didn't particularly like. I mean, Riley was a bit of a, a weird character, I suppose. Oh, he was um, a bit. I mean, he, was, he was okay. I mean, that, I think that whole season, I think for me was out of all the seasons, was my least liked season overall, I think. Um, it was season four, I think, was it right? Mm. Um, so I think that was my least uh, favourite. Um, but I still enjoyed it, but I think it was just, just a bit... Was the whole, I think it's the whole government thing being involved. Obviously, I'm assuming I can know what they would have known anyway, but I just found that a bit meh. Yeah. But it was still fun to watch. I, Joe, I agree, and you who you you said you had started college by the time you were watching Buffy so you know you had at least done that first year of college um yeah whereas I think I struggled to identify a little bit with that uh, I could understand to a certain extent I could I got, I got mm. school as a theme um yeah. and it was still obviously airing then when I was going through uh secondary school here so, of course, I thought I understood everything. I thought I got all of the themes. And, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a long time before I would experience some of the things that these characters went through. Uh, didn't uh, stake my first vampire until my 20s. So, you know. Yeah. Did you miss the heart the first time around, or did you get it? Uh, no, I just had this little, little exacto knife. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I... I did a I did a watch which I I've, I've not watched all the way through before. I watched the original original pilot. Um, yes, I've seen that. That's... It's interesting, and it's interesting how kind of close to what ended up becoming Hellmouth mm. Harvest it was. Um, Stephen, I'm gonna butcher his surname. Is it Topolowski? That character that actor who's in right. everything. He was in Glee. He was in Memento. Um, he and he played Flutie in the original pilot. I just I remember the, the original pilot was they sort of Willow out, and then her character got changed. Um, so at first I was just like, "Who is this person? Oh, that's Willow. Oh, they've been like, they sort her out the last minute." I'm assuming. Um, yeah, it was quite close to the original uh, actual real episode that came out afterwards. Um, I thought the fight scene in that actually near the end was quite good. Actually, in the pilot where they're in the gym, uh, the um, theatre hall yeah. and stuff. And that's like, you know, you attack me one at a time, you know, kind of thing. It was nice that, you know, you've seen too many films or too many shows. It's like, you can never see too many movies. It's that nice, you know, you know, I kind of enjoy those, like, you know, funny one-liners and stuff. Mm. Um, Buffy, especially, you know, back in the day. I think it's a very, like, 90s thing to do anyway, especially like you watch the old James Bond films. They're the same. They're all very, like, quippy one-liners and stuff. Very dire situations. You wouldn't really be making jokes, but if you were still doing the same with Buffy, there's always, you know, little quipple joke that would come out which was nice it would lighten the mood you know like you know everyone's dying around you kind of thing yeah. and still making little funny jokes about it but uh, uh the 
inclusion of Brian Thompson is one of the reasons I didn't sleep for a while after this episode. Um, Who was Brian? He was the, the... He was Luke. Oh, the big guy. The big yes. guy, yes. Yeah, so, the big guy. He's a bit of a frequent flyer in Trek as well. He's been in a few Trek roles. He's been a Klingon. He was, a, he was in DS9 as one of the doci. They have the little dots on their faces. Yes, that's the one I recognize him, yeah. Uh, um, and, oh, actually, he was in Enterprise. He was a Romulan as well. So he's been mm-hmm. playing on out of Romulan. Um, and he is built like a brick shithouse. Like, I think th- th- there's, there's a scene in Helmuth where he puts Buffy into the crypt. Mm-hmm. And then he gets in the crypt as well. And I kept thinking, what, do they have to remove a wall just to get him into <laughs> that little crypt? Because he's enormous. He's a tank. He is quite, he's quite a beefy. I saw him in a film a while ago, actually. It was not a... It was like a weird sci-fi film. It was like a B-listed film. I think it was before. I remember it was before, but because he was not as he was still quite tanky. He wasn't as tanky. He was a bit more lean, but also very tanky. Um, there was a lot of shirtless scenes in that film, which I was like, "Oh, watch this one again later." Um, <laughs> it was a good film. Um, it was a really weird sci-fi film. I can't remember the name of it though, sadly. But he was now see we recently recognised people and go, "Oh, look, he was in that." This or when I watched through uh, X Files recently, there was lots of like you know. Either Buffy or Star Trek, people were in that now and then. It's like, oh my god, that's such and such, or that's you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Also, like younger versions of them because it was filmed a bit beforehand. Um, yeah, because actually, X Files X Files was early nineties, right? I to my shame, I missed it. I think so. Going I think it's early nineties. Yeah. Let's. We we shall commit to the fact that it's early. It's pretty, it'd be ninety nine now that I've said that. I'm kidding. I know it's <laughs> yeah. but um, I I know about half the cast from the X Files ended up in Stargate as well. I'm not sure. Did you follow Stargate when it was on? I think I've seen one of the Stargates. I'm not sure. I think maybe the original series. I can those, but other series like Stargate, Atlantis, and stuff like that. There's been other iterations of it which I've not seen properly. Um, so I originally saw the original Stargate series. I think most of it. I think it was on like one of the BBC channels, I think, back in the day, and then that's that right. right. Yeah, I don't know. those those kind of those the big sci-fi franchises. There was a lot, of, as mm. you say, there's a lot of faces that you would start to recommend or recommend recognize <laughs> um, going on between between the few of them. Um, and yeah, I feel I I I wish original Willow well. I hope she is doing. I hope she's having a happy life. I. Much prefer Alison Hannigan. I think she I, I can't, we only got to see her the one episode. But, um, exactly. I think she, she did a good job. That's the one said. I think she did a good job in that one episode. Um, but obviously, they, for whatever reason, swatched her out for a. Alison Hannigan, did a fantastic job. Obviously, Alison obviously did a lovely job mm. uh, throughout the series. Um, obviously, what the first, you know, there's Grimm stuff on TV back in the day, which I think was mm. quite. Because that wasn't, that was only season. Three, no, season four, because it was when they went to college, wasn't it? So, yes, they sort of they all hinted it beforehand. Yeah. I'm trying to think of Dark yeah. Willow in season three, but I don't yeah. actually think it. Oh, no, they did when Dark Willow comes to the prime universe, yeah. Um, they make a little hint, doesn't they? I think when Angel uh, she thinks she's a bit of a lesbian, or something, really likes girls, and um, they're like, no, you're probably just as pushy as evil, kind of thinking of the evil thing. And then obviously, Angel's like, well, no, actually, really, vampires are kind of like. Or truer than me. She's like, oh, and obviously, they didn't pick up until later on, but it's nice that they, they could do that. And obviously, later on, they got to do it properly. Um, I think back then, there wasn't that many you know, gay or lesbian sort of characters on TV, really, probably back that early, which I think back now, I mean, 
early 2000s really um, there was something the the kiss between willow and tara it's not the first lesbian kiss that was on <laughs> television but it, i i it is a first for something i can't remember whether it's for that network maybe because that was fox um but uh, oh no, I should have done that research. But I know, I know it, it, it has the honor of being a first in some form or another. Um, whereas I think, I think our, our lovely DS9 has it beat in terms of Dax and Leonard Khan. That was, yeah, that, that was a nice episode. Um, it just makes me warm in my heart. It does. I actually think when I used to watch like all the Star Trek stuff, to me, it never really, I never bat an eyelid about you know different species interacting something never got to my going well how they how's that going to work i just thought well it's nice they've found someone you know and they could you know spend their lives together it was that kind of that's why i was fun. i was finding it weird especially like we watch back nowadays we see like they did the uh star trek ds9 they revisited it and went through the whole cast and stuff and the issues they had getting stuff to, through the sensors and through the network and stuff i was like why is i never understood why people are so those minds and stuff. So I was like, why would you have a problem with that? Why not show that? What's the problem? You know. Um, so I always find that really annoying that you get those people that are in the high place going, no, we can't show that because we might upset a certain group of people. And you're like, but it's about showing other group of people that they they can do these things and they're accepted. And, you know, you shouldn't worry about upsetting like four you know, people who are a bit like you know have issues with those things, but. It's not really a problem. Um, obviously, nowadays it's got better, especially in the UK. There's still other countries which have terrible human rights issues, but uh, at least here it's getting a bit you know, better and more accepted and more on TV and stuff. Um, but especially back in those days, less, you know, less on TV and things. I remember years ago, I think I was watching uh, Off Topic of Buffy, but Aquarius Folk, I think, when it first aired over here. Oh, yes. Yeah. The UK version of opening it. scene. Yeah, it was sort of like, I was like, well, just, I just wish it was watching it. I remember like, the sound turned like, almost down so I could watch it with my parents without listening to it. It's like, oh no, they're going to, they're going to hear things and like, oh, I'm seeing stuff. Yeah. This will be the moment yeah. they walk through the room. There will be no reason for them to walk through the room and this yeah. will be the moment. Yeah. yeah. So it means like, things on the off button just in case. Yeah. TVs weren't that old. We had like remotes back in the day at least, you know. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to go and click the channels. It wasn't that old. Uh, but we had remotes just about. Good. I, I remember I was watching. Now it, it could have been Buffy. It could have been anything. But I was in my nan's house before, and she did have one of those TVs where you had to get up and change it on. Oh, the, so you're about an inch away from the screen, <laughs> just in case. You know, uh, and of course, you know they uh, they'd walk into the room and see the arm just come whipping back down again, knowing full well. I was like, nah, I'm watching you. Watching that Kudanga Channel Two, Kudanga Channel Four. It's okay, wonderful. The other channels existed back then. Exactly, yeah. It's like, there's nothing on one. What's on two? Uh, but that is something, that is definitely something we grew up with for a short time, but we grew up with just a couple of channels. Um, now, I'm not sure if it was more to do with, hi, mom and dad. Somebody decided they didn't want to pay for cable or digital or something like that. We did eventually get digital, though. And then we got, for a little while, we got the sci-fi channel, which ran reruns of Buffy, because this was before the DVDs. It was kind of, I think, once... I don't think I started getting DVDs till maybe season six. Yeah, I think I, I bought them when they was the original all finished coming out. But I know they did a couple of releases of the DVDs over the years, like the original release and a separate. Because I think my ones had the are on widescreen after a while. And they go to widescreen mode and oh, do yeah. something which is the UK power version, where the I think the US ones didn't. They stay stayed in four three. Try these seasons. All the original DVDs were in four three. 
there are some slip ups on the DVDs as well in, in widescreen that you see. I think one of the, the famous ones is, uh, is the body swap episode where Buffy and uh, yeah, Faith Brain. Oh, it's bad, isn't it? It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I've, only, I've only had the one coffee today. This is the problem. Just one coffee. I need another coffee. <laughs> Um, At this point, we have paused the podcast for Sammy to boil the kettle again. <laughs> have to get more coffee. Um, so the body page of the body swap, and um, is when they're outside by the, they're trying to get in, uh, like the group, the Scooby Gang are trying to get in by the fire truck, and it's yes. when Willow does, she does a voiceover line, so her lips don't move because you can see her on camera still, and originally you would in four by three, you wouldn't have seen her. I was like, oh my god, she's doing that, moving her lips is a miracle. Oh my but, uh, goodness! There I are some slip ups on the original DVDs. Um, Everything else still looks fine. The colours look fine and everything else. But uh, I think that's the only one I've seen on the original DVD. Like, like the DVDs I've got, there, there's a slip up between widescreen and four um, I think I, so. I think the only thing that I really and remember noticing as a on a first watch is there was sometimes and Buffy is by no means the only show that ever suffered from this. Star Trek very much suffered from this as well. Is that hmm. you know, Angel goes to swing his sword camera pulls back and you know it's like david boreanaz has aged a few years there between those two shots hasn't he there was there was a few episodes now where it was a bit like i mean even the hairline is different lads come on now i think yeah especially back in the old days when you're watching like an older smaller tv yeah. when you did it from a close-up to a wide there was like a pullback shot either when they did the stunt doubles so you know when they were in charge because the camera would be backwards like, yeah, especially that fight scene uh like becoming part two the that camera was ahead on top of them enough. yeah and you can definitely nowadays go, that's definitely a stunt double, which kind of breaks the illusion. You go, oh, I kind of thought yeah, the Buffy look alike. You know, she did a fantastic job. The hair always looked the same, always the same clothes. Or I think she's a little bit taller than Sarah Shocker, I think. Um, the lady that played her. Um, but yeah, those two were a bit more weird. The angel double was always a bit, you know, that's not like the hairline was always weird. And you can definitely see it nowadays. And the old days were harder to see that, like a fuzzy TV. Um, I, yeah, that's yeah, I, yeah. I agree. It, it, it's it's funny as well in a way that's kind of because i know early buffy uh in particular seasons one and two less so season three i think they started to kind of get sorry the budget was low uh which was i mean it's fine i think they really yeah. they made their limitations work for them um mm. and you can see when they started to get a little bit more creative with their budget um because a lot can be done with camera shots you know mm. um I'm thinking of uh, particularly like things like Oz the Werewolf. Um, mm. When he's filling the screen, and I love I loved the design, don't get me wrong, but clearly they didn't have the thousands and thousands of dollars to make a fully animatronic werewolf head. Fair enough, that would be half your budget yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, and so you get a lot of it in kind of quick fire shots. Uh, and I think it really, really works. Although, here's an interesting thing, right? This is a strange thing. So, in watching the original pilot, I prefer the dusting in the original pilot than to what actually made it to air because I don't know what the process was, but they kind of she stakes them, he lies down, and he kind of just then turns into a pile of dust and the dust kind of stays there. Oh, okay. I really liked that. And I was just like, oh, I really like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it costs too much. Maybe they're just like, we'll do this yeah. for the pilot to hook them. Yeah, run out of dust at that point. Like, run out of dust, people. We can't do any more dusting. <laughs> Like, don't the dust bus just scooping it out every five minutes. Here we go. We are dusting a vampire. For God's sake, nobody open a window. <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, especially when you see like early seasons and later on, the dust, you know, that animation gets a lot better as well. You know, they start seeing the skeleton stuff later on. Um, 
I think that especially their later seasons, like probably six and seven, are much more. You see, like the face turns dark and much more. You know, obviously the CG got a lot better as well at that point. Because um, you kind of forget that late nineties, there wasn't that good CG still. It was still very, you know, stick figures kind of thing. What, CG. What do we think of the Master Snake? Uh, which one? The um the the big no graduation day part two. Oh, graduation! Oh, okay, yeah, that that was um like at the time it looked pretty good. Like yeah. on a small fuzzy TV, it kind of blended nicely. Obviously, nowadays it probably doesn't help like the remastered version, but it does look a bit more sort of clip art, kind of stuck in, doesn't it? And like move around. Which, to be fair, you know, they they used the tools they had at the time. They did obviously on the budget and stuff. It was good. It was good. Obviously, nowadays you could do that a lot better, way better. I mean, to be fair, they could do like they re remastered it again. They could remaster those special effects um, to a much better standard. Uh, but yeah, I think at the time it, it was. Still good, like because it was a weekly show as well. Yeah, that's true. Know. And and twenty two episodes a season as well. This was the yeah. well, that's how things were obviously in the nineties and for quite a while in the two thousands. That was just standard. It was like, well, hmm. best of luck. There you go. You have your you know your season budget is worth one episode of Game of Thrones. Enjoy. Yeah. I don't hmm. know. Um, what do you actually? Yeah, think? You get the team behind Game of Thrones now to have a pass at the Master Snake. I think there is something to be said for that. There is a group on YouTube, I can't remember the name sadly, but they do, they go back to old films and redo the CGI for them sometimes. No I think way. they did the, one of the mummy films, like where they had a, was it the mummy film? It was a film with um, the rock in it, who plays a giant scorpion. Oh, oh my God, it, you're right, it is, it's one of the spin-offs, it's the, the Scorpion King. And ah, it's, okay. It, it's, it is always rolled out as one of the worst pieces of CGI yeah. in cinema. And, I mean, they tried? <laughs> yeah, they gave it a bash, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this group, they went back and like redid it again properly, and they used uh, like the rocks pictures on the internet, and like redid a new face compiler for him, and it looked really good actually. I will absolutely check that out after this. I'd not heard of that, so I'll just I'll just find the link and I'll pop it across to you. But they they probably could. They don't. I think they did the Terminator last time too. They tried to recreate some of the effects, um, which to be fair, they had a real hard time doing actually trying to do it in CGI and software like, back in the day. They did bits of NCGI and some of this, but they had a lot of much more budget. Mm -hmm. um, and they were just doing on like, you know, they're doing on like normal CGI and stuff these days and computers. And, um, but yeah, I think people forget, especially because technology's got quite quick and quite good at stuff. You know, we didn't have, you know, rendering a frame in CGI took like hours in the old days. Now you can do it almost live as you're doing stuff. Um, so I think, I think especially children like kids today, like, because I've got my niece and nephew now. He's like, you know, one was almost eight. He's not like 18, which makes me feel <laughs> but old. It's like, oh no. <laughs> it's oh fine. It's fine. You're like, you're frozen in time. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Just not, not aging at all. Just slowly going to get frozen cryogenically. Um, I, I, you and I, we are both sci fi geeks. That is possible. As far as I'm concerned, is. there's no. We're getting proof. close to it. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Oh, it's cool. yeah. Just the head is cheaper that way, but uh, the whole body is too expensive. Uh, but yeah, so they, they see stuff and like that CG back in the old days and they go, oh, that's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, you forget. But like when they all play old games as well, they look at the graphics and go, this is hideous. What is this? Like that was top line graphics back then. It wasn't, it's yeah. not like there was some sort of better thing that we had to compare it to. Even yeah. some movies, obviously much higher budget, but some movies have aged mm. fantastically and they still look great mm. today. And some have not. Yes. I, think it's a, I think that's also a good point though, that 
because they couldn't do certain things, they didn't do them, which I think some films nowadays tend to do them just because they can. Like, let's blow up these 10 buildings for no apparent reason, just because we can. It's like, but is that point with, with a script? Do we have to blow up 10 buildings? You know, because it's a big, you know, big effect, you know. But obviously back then they couldn't, so they'd have to blow maybe one building. <laughs> just, you know, make it more well, interesting. Potentially just smash a window. Would that yeah, be that's okay? what we can do, yeah. Is that on our budget? We can smash a window. Okay, that's fine. We can, we can afford a rock. Replacing <laughs> a window. I must say, in that first episode, did they break a real window? Was it like a fake? Because it's a real school. Did they actually smash one of their windows in, or did they put like a fake window there? Or I, I mean, I, I hope it's fake. Was. But as you say, I mean, when you're when you're doing certainly a pilot, and then okay, they've got the order yeah. to series thing. You're st- you're counting every dollar. Mm. You know, it's like playing on the kids. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh my goodness, uh, what happened here? Um, sorry, John Whedon and crew, what, uh, what the hell? Um, a wizard did it. Um, yeah. I, I was, uh, I, it, funnily enough, the library became my kind of, uh, you, you've heard of a mental palace. Mm. Yeah. So if, if I'm ever, you know, say if I'm kind of struggling where I have to try and remember something, I tend to think of the library. And I tend to try and think of those and I, I kind of I pick out a memory in that way because it became such a safe space. Yeah. Um, and particularly the people that I love, there's the gag. I, th- I think it's in season one because I know it's Jonathan walks in at one point and Xander turns and says, what the hell are you doing here? He said, I've come here for some books. Hmm. What does this look like? A bookshop? <laughs> it's true because you rarely see like any of that students going into that library. I think they had to make a point of this. They actually, yes, students do come in. We just obviously, when they're doing their thing, maybe they close it or something. But yeah, it's like kind of like, you know, uh, when you watch things, it's disbelief, you have to spell certain things. Um, but I think they did a good job of trying to keep things as close to like reality as they can. And then obviously have the weird, like, you know, Dean stuff as the, the separate thing, um, which was a nice, uh, I think, nice play on because I think in certain shows, it's always about whatever the like the thing is in star trek things or some other sort of shows they i'm trying to say is they have the the uh like the metaphors always about whatever their their issue is or if they're like a super superhuman kind of thing it's always about the issues to do with them being superhuman it's nothing to do with their general day-to-day life sort of things where in buffy they did, had some issues which were more just day-to-day issues that everyone would have and there was no demons involved or anything but then there's also the fact that there were some demons as well there was a nice Change. It was a way of switching up a little bit. Um, obviously, the famous episode, the body, um, is always the the one that, especially when you're watching the first time, you don't know what's coming, oh and you're just god. going, "Oh, it's another episode," and you're going, "Oh, then you're like, oh my god, they've just like, you know, spoiler alert, but you know, killed off poor Buffy's mom Joyce, and uh, you're like, it just it was literally, I think, probably the second time that I'd cried watching something on TV, like before I got like teary eyed and gone, oh "My god, is this so like." sad and like you know, there was no in that episode there was no demons it wasn't about you know any um weird big bad that had done anything to kill her it was literally just a normal human thing and, and they couldn't do anything to fix them it. it was a nice way of grounding the show in like reality even though it wasn't you know rest of it wasn't really reality but it was nice to ground some episodes and, and certain issues that way and immunity of torture it was a god i think everyone that's that episode first of all it always turns up on lists of best tv Mm. episodes ever made and for very very good reason Mm. um now i am an absolute musicaholic and there's not one bar uh, apart Mm. from the opening theme 
of music yeah. in it because uh, Whedon, he made a very, I mean, I, I completely agree with his logic. Uh, music will help to guide your emotions. And he mm. wanted this to be raw. Mm. Uh, well, it worked. <laughs> it did, yes. It was very good at um, that sort of uh, writing. And also, it was a flip side. They had the hushed episode, which was no talking at all. And then you had the musical episode, which was all singing and dancing. So he was very good at doing nice episodes, which was sort of, that's why I think the self contained episodic thing works very well sometimes, because you can have those very particular self contained. Everything's wrapped up at the end, more or less. Some things still carry over, like character progression changes. Um, but you could tie it up nicely and have a nice themed sort of thing, which was, I think was nice. Like, but that episode, the whole whole thing, like obviously I missed speech as well during the episode and things. And oh my God. You know, I've never understood how they never won any awards. Like in, there was no awards ever for Buffy. Like how did none of them win any actress awards? Like they were all fantastic actors, to be fair. Um, obviously Sam Michelle Gellar is a wonderful actor. Um, and so the others. Yeah, I, I agree. Of the main cast, certainly there's some who are stronger than others. And I'm being really harsh here, but there's not a dud among them. You know, there's not like, oh, God, it's a Xander episode, or oh, no, here we go, it's a Giles scene. None of them. Like, every one of them brought something intrinsic to the show, and the show would be less without them, I feel. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I could watch. It'd be weird if they like replaced one of the cast. Um... Or, you know, it wasn't one of the current... I think that everything just came together. It was a very good team of writers, obviously, at the time as well. Um, and obviously very good actors and, and to produce their work. It was just... It was one of those things that everything came together very nicely and stuff. You know, the directing and the, the cinematography was very good. Um, so I think it was just a very well-put-together show, really, overall. And you don't really see that, especially with that budget and stuff back in the day. Um, you don't see that a lot, really, these days. You, you do get some shows which some of the actors are not always fantastic, or some of them are like, carrying the other sometimes and you know i mean there's a lot of good shows as well but there wasn't very batches these days like how, you, how did that get aired you're going to yourself you're like who, who greenlit this oh, so, i can't get my script sold and there's four seasons of this what last <laughs> <laughs> thing i was just like writers like we like you know happy she's like like just always think sharknado one to five was made so if that can get made any film or show can get made so just have faith in your work and write writing and just like you know pedal on all the doors I, I, I like it. Do not take no for an answer. Um, mm -hmm. But also read the fine print of contracts because I think is it Kaz Kazooie and Fran Rubel Kazooie made a lot of money on Buffy the mm -hmm. Vampire Slayer of the series, never stepped one foot on set, never had anything to do with it because they owned the rights to the film. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, um, so I remember everything was... It sure was films, what it was. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's all right. I mean, it's definitely parallel universe Buffy. It's certainly not. Yes. Yeah. Covenant timeline Buffy kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek yeah. phrase. Yeah. But, um, um, not that Covenant time is bad. I'm just saying it's different. You know, there's a different split between the two. It's very uh, different. Thing. I think I did watch that film, uh, but it was years later, I think, after I seen Buffy the, the series at that point. I think it was a film. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's her. And I was like, oh, it's not her. <laughs> there's, there's nobody. Although, Seth Green, I think, is in the film. Is he? I think he Ooh. has a very, I think, I think he gets bit. I think he's a very, very small role. Uh, um, so does Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, oh my God, it's been a while since I've seen that. Uh, he uh, is now. It's kind of blinking you miss him. He uh, is playing basketball and a vampire takes the ball off him. 
and that is Ben Affleck's oh, connection okay. to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's that's a good one for yeah. trivia nights nice now. Yeah, right, that makes it. Um, I do remember there was a was it? I think it's the guy that played like the Giles character, the Watcher. Yes, wasn't that like I can't remember her name, but the Joyce Buffy's mom wasn't that he, her father or something? Oh my goodness, you're at Christine Sutherland, Donald Sutherland. I yeah, I never put that yeah. together. I think I'm in between the two. Is that I remember those two. It was connection like outside of the actual show, but yeah. Oh my god! I think that's right. I'm not making that up. <laughs> I, I I I believe you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I never put that connection together. Um, I like Donald Sutherland. Like talk about high camp. Um, himself and the yeah. master, his watcher and the master would get on great together. <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked Donald. Sutherland. He was good in the, um, the original film. I mean, the film wasn't that. It was good. It was still funny. Um, it's like it, it, it hurts by being confirmed, or sorry, it hurts the film to be compared to the series, but as a standalone mm. film, mm. I think it works. I think it's a great addition to the horror genre, comedy genre. I think it's really good. Mm. Yeah, it's very sort of very campy, like horror-ish kind of film. It was, it was the 80s, wasn't it? So I guess that's what they're all. Was it 94? Was it 90s? I blend those like the late 80s and 90s will blend together for me. It's the same sort. Do you know what? Fair <laughs> and do you, do you know why? Save by the Bell. Because Save by the Bell is the crossover, and you watch that uh, and you're like, hang on, what decade is this? What, what, what type of hair does Zach Morris have today? Okay, Grant, we're in this. Are we back combing the hair today or are we having it? What do you think of the girls with the back combing big curly puffy hair? That was always a look. I think actually was. I, I didn't mean to this, but I think it was Tiffany Amber Thiessen up for the role of Buffy at one point. I know, obviously, Charisma awesome. Carpenter and Sarah Michelle Gellar, they sort of swapped scripts near Am I thinking of something? Oh, but no, I, I definitely th- I, I'm, I'm going to hang my hat on this one. I think Tiffany Amber Thiessen was up for the role of Buffy, which uh, would have been yeah. a very different show. Yeah, I think it was, the, I remember like Sarah Michelle Gellar saying one of the interviews a few years back that when she first got the role, I think her friends were like, oh, never mind, you'll get something better It's coming up at some point. Because <laughs> she was like, oh, Buffy the Vampire, what is this? You know, kind of thing. It's, it's and, this uh, mid-season replacement. Ah, listen, you know, get a paycheck and, you know, get, yeah. your, get your SAG card and then, you know, yeah. you'll be fine. You can go do something real after that. Yeah. I think, I think like, as, a, as a show name, it does have that sort of, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It does sound like, you know, a kid's show kind of thing. But when you watch it, you're like, this is definitely not a, like a kid's kid's show. It's much, you know... Even the opening credits have, like, th- there's freaky bits because I, it, mm. obviously, once you finish season one and you go back then to Hellmouth, you're like, oh, wow, that, well, first of all, the opening credits have, like, everything for the rest of the season is in the opening credits of episode one. Yeah. So keep your eyes open for spoilers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then so does her dream. Um, her dream is almost mm. like a kind of, a, here's what they left out of the opening credits. So between those two, yeah. you've watched season one of Buffy. It also shows how much they obviously filmed ahead yes. at that point. I put it back into the... Uh, but it's also they didn't even have a typeface, did they? I think in the first it season one and two, the Buffy word wasn't in the typeface properly. It was in the normal, like, just serif typeface, I guess. And then later on, they have to replace it with a proper... And we now have Buffy typeface. Um, yeah. And I, I, I remember uh, the season one theme, I think it's much more bassy then they cleaned it up for season two and they re-recorded it then for season three and it became the rock album oh. that we know. Um, oh, I likes my Buffy music, I can tell you. I likes it. Oh, I know about the musical ones. But, uh... 
the, the musical is we, we 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 must talk about the musical um you mentioned just before we came on the air that you have been to is it like not say a stage production of it but you've been to like a kind of a group watch of the musical is that right yeah, it was, it was like a, it was in um, in Brixton in London. Uh, it was the Ritz uh, Cinema. They used to do like a the bronze night they were doing for Halloween for a couple of years. They were doing it on the run, um, and you could go down there and you could like obviously dress up in nineties gear. Obviously, I just went to my closet for that. Didn't have to like, order anything special <laughs> for nineties gear. Um, but yeah, so we sort of like you know we'd you know, like, dress up and stuff like it was Halloween. So it was nice to dress up like different like, people dress up in different like Buffy Halloweens like because. I think one lady once dressed up as like a uh, Red Riding Hood and Buffy uh, wore that. Oh yeah, of course. So everyone was dressed up as different, like you know, different genres of Buffy throughout the different seasons, which was fun. And obviously, they had the karaoke part, which obviously had once more feeling soundtracks. Everyone had a bash at killing most of those <laughs> songs as you do. Um, so that was a fun. Life. I think we did that for a couple of years. They run it for about three or four years. I think we went to like I think two of them over the years was quite fun. There's some guys that, like the virtual guys were running dressed up in proper like, vampire makeup with the proper like the guru face. So um, the rest of us trying just doing our best to like you know the red drips of blood kind of thing everywhere. Uh, I did actually have my um I think I went as like I think to go as a cheap Halloween costume I just went as the uh, undead America as you would call them or a vampire. Oh uh, nice just my uh things I had like the Sunnydale uh t-shirt I had at that point had on and like those jeans like blighted them up a little bit and basically when I was like you know someone who'd been obviously like slaughtered at the high school I guess um nice cheap easy costume to do doesn't need much money uh but it, was, it was a good fun night to see everyone dressed up and having you know a fun time uh, it was kind of weird because you know that was six years ago I think they did that so it was like, way after Buffy finished running on tv it's nice it's still popular even people in there that was a different age group for like young kids or so like 18 year olds to like you know now group of like 30s and stuff were in there so it was like a mix of going oh it was nice different genre and people still watching it obviously uh, enjoying it really it is, it's it's definitely cult te- it is cult television but it was very mainstream and i think it was i might be wrong i think it was one of the first to kind of straddle that uh, that line between the two like whereas things like I suppose Star Trek in its own right has always been mainstream I'm trying to think of other examples of show that's always kind of I, I suppose it came after but Firefly is cult TV uh, now it's still Joss Whedon it's still like you know and we've all seen Firefly many times and we'll watch it again and it, it is what it is whereas Buffy entered the vernacular like there are things we say today from Buffy um, which I'm trying to think of an example of right now, and it's gone <laughs> yeah. right out of my head. <laughs> yeah. Always been like a while, so I'm going to the words like, you know, um, so it's like focus, just say like focusy, or there's always the way she would phrase certain words that you would start picking up on, I suppose. There was always those sorts of things you would, um, especially with the script, really, there was always a very, I don't know how to put it, it's just a weird way to say it, they would say stuff on, on the show, it was always that sort of, I don't know, yeah, sort of like pop. Culture, but they would also reference pop culture inside the show too. Mm. Like when they obviously they, remember the first Halloween episode where they changed when they turned to the costumes, and Willow makes that hand remark about, oh, she could have just up a Xena kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know, so there was like reference. Obviously, they was they were in a you know and show within a show kind of thing. So it was nice to see them reference other pop you know cultural references. Um, so yeah, but it was that definitely. Yeah, there wasn't was a nice sort of mainstream slash non mainstream. I, think I remember people I used to like you know, hang out with and stuff and they'd still watch it and they were never very 
they wouldn't be like geeky people, but they would still watch it. I was like, oh, okay, so it's nice other people can, can enjoy it too. I think. Um, but like, I think Star Trek can be, can, I think nowadays it's a bit more mainstreamy, but I think back, back then, you know, the 80s, 90s, and stuff, it was more generally geeky. Like you, people say, we watch Star Trek, oh, you're a geek. It's like, yes, and. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's the problem? Uh, well, it's like, um, yeah. like, like Willow says, it's okay. Nerds are in. They're still in, right? Depending on when this episode airs, this could be quite a timely question. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing, actually. I think like, you watch like Aging of Buffy. Uh, I don't think there's any episodes I can think of that have any cringeworthy, like, oh, you should have said that. Or like there's some shows you can watch back now and go, mm, you couldn't say that nowadays or you shouldn't say that this way because it will you know there's some things you can offend and then say things like obviously things have changed back then i don't think off the top of my head there's any show episode in buffy that i look back on and go well that was a bit of a touchy episode or you know but obviously there was a less um you know the kind of original first episode there wasn't i think maybe kendra her like accent was a bit weird to be fair i am kendra Javam yeah. and yeah. in all fairness to bianca dawson she was told like the day before Oh, you uh, need to use some sort of Caribbean accent. Okay, action. Yeah, it's like, what? I know, time to prepare. Um, so yeah, I think maybe that accent is probably the only, not cringing, but thinking, you know, that's a bit like, you know, on the nose for like, you know, stereotypical oh. kind of accenting for, I suppose, for my sort of oh, thing. Oh, but I have to, oh, I have to say there is one more. Is it's pretty bad. It's oh, pretty well. awful. Angel's Irish accent. Yeah, he never really came across that much as Irish to me. He didn't sound Irish, Irish to me. He just sounded slightly American with <laughs> an Irish twang. God, God look, I, in, in fairness to David Boreanaz, he says it himself that he cringes mm. every time he hears it. But it was mm. becoming part one, um, and t- he tried. I'll, 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 I'll give him that. Uh, he's supposed to be from Galway. I have been to Galway. That's not what they said. <laughs> <laughs> but Irish is a difficult accent to do. Oh, but then again, mm. you know, I'm always going to nicely judge people who attempt Irish accents. Uh, I think, I think yeah, any accent is difficult to, to generally do. Generally, I, think, I think most actors, some like, you know, Spike did a fantastic job. I didn't, I thought he was English the entire time. I never Same. judged him going, he's an American. I was like, oh my God. But uh, yes, yeah, so I think for him, he did a fantastic job of like nailing like the British. Like you know, Sting. I think he, I think he modelled it on Sting or something. Or someone with the Sex Pistols, like that sort of accent he was modelling on. Was it? it was. Uh, there's kind of a Sid Vicious. I think was a was some sort of and Billy Idol. I think was the look. Hmm. Um, I know actually they they say that in the show. <laughs> he stole Billy Idol's look. Well, actually it was the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think he did a fantastic job nailing, especially like in the, they make a joke of it, don't they? I think in the uh, what's the episode Tabula Rasta was it when when the Willow does the whole they they all forget their memory and stuff and he's like thinks he's Giles' his son he's like damn I'm British as well it's like <laughs> bloody well you know it's that kind of nice little play on things like oh yeah it's nice they can take the fun out of themselves as well for some, um, <laughs> Randy Giles <laughs> <laughs> just call me We're, desperate for a shag, a shag. <laughs> it's like oh clearly a family name you know <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I, I love as well uh, another argument. Um, you know, he scares Giles. He's like, oh my God, don't scare me like that. What, your life flash before your eyes? Cup of tea, cup of tea, almost got shied, cup of tea. Like, I mean, it doesn't sound like a bad life. 
Do you know, I think it's pretty close actually. Cup of tea, shagging a police car twice. Cup of tea. I think it's her. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> Poor Jazz. I think it's because um, my friend just started watching it because I think it was coming. So he's like going through it. I was like, oh, I, was like, I think that episode came up. I was like, just pay attention because like, a couple episodes later, they make a little callback to that. <laughs> it was in the earshot, and then obviously Buffy understands that. It was, that's the thing that I used to like, these little callbacks to get in the, um, the show, the funny ones. But uh, yeah, accent wise, they did generally a good accent. Um, I think, yeah, I think looking back at Buffy, there was never, I can think of that many like cringe words like, oh, that's a bit. Mm. Um, I think they handled everything really well, especially like, you know, uh, William and Tara. That was handled very well, I think. Um, from like a gay man's point of view, it was, you know. I think really so. I remember reading, it would have been after the show had stopped airing because it, when, when I'd started to notice tropes, if you like. Now, again, I agree with you. I think Willow and Tara were handled quite well, but I know the show came under criticism because it sort of fell into the bury your gaze trope. Um, okay. And, you know, because poor, again, now obviously we've gone full spoilers. The show stopped airing 20 years ago, guys. Come on, <laughs> catch up. You've not watched it too late. Yeah, um, come on now. Uh, poor old Tara. They all die at the end. Yeah. But, well, but, yeah. I mean, actually, hang on. Th there should be a trivia sheet of how many times has each character died? You know, death yeah. means nothing on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. True. Especially when you go back to the, like, especially if you change time, uh, this volume, obviously, there's um, not Gingerbread, the one before, where you first find um, uh, Anya first comes into it. Oh. Which makes the wish. That's Is it. it. Wish? That's the episode. The wish. Oh, the wish the episode, yeah. They named it really well. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic naming there. Uh, which is so when they first get this thing, Buffy dies. I think Cordelia dies in that one. Um, yeah. Some other people die. Like, so it's nice because they can just reset, you know, be like Star Trek, just oh, it's a time episode. We'll just reset it all by just shaking this magic clock. You know, so everyone's back to normal. <laughs> yeah. You always have that, hopefully, one character's like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Whereas in this case, it's poor Anya. It's like, ah, oh, son of a. Um, <laughs> Like it, it, it did push boundaries. It pushed boundaries for mm. what they could achieve, which we've discussed already in terms of, say, yeah. budget. And obviously there, there was a censorship issue. I think they were very creative around it. Um, yeah. I feel... So the season I struggle the most with, even now, is season six. Um, mm. Because I struggle with the theme of life as the big bad. Um, I'm not sure... I personally do, don't enjoy that season as much as the rest. I'd be interested, what was, when you were watching it, saying you have Willow is going down a dark path and you have Buffy is looking for the nearest bridge every two episodes, you know, how did you react to that when you see this first time around? I actually quite like that season. Actually. It's one of my favourite seasons, I think, actually, season six and seven. Funny, yeah. um, I just kind of, I think for me, it was, it was because I think the point she'd obviously grown up as a character at that point, it was much more sort of, you know, adult sort of life kicking in. Um, I think to me, it was that nice sort of, you could reference things that, yes, we have these wonderful powers and all these things, they still have these, you know, day-to-day -day issues they have to deal with. Um, and I kind of liked that darker, especially like, also the funny things like, you know, when I think it's that, that season where the, there's that pipe burst downstairs and she's like, I fixed the leaky pipe. And that, it's just this, you know, the simple thing she has to deal with, but, and she can't use any of her natural powers doesn't make any help for her. She's just a human that has to deal with all these issues. Finding a job, you know, trying to get a loan as well. I mean, that bank loan thing is definitely neat these days. <laughs> going to the bank, going, can I have a mortgage? And they're going, well, <laughs> you know, I, I find that season very, I guess I like that season a lot actually because of the whole, 
the struggling stuff and, and things. And yes, there's some darker stuff in there, but it's nice she gets she goes she gets past the dark stuff. It's nice to see like a because usually a hero, you know, being a superhero kind of thing, I guess. Um, they generally don't have not a whole season for it. They like maybe one or two episodes where there's a dark section and stuff, and then they're all happy again. La 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 la. Uh, but it was nice to see that they strung that out for a whole series, really, a whole season um, of her having that. You know, over all the characters having issues and things and overcoming them. Um, so I kind of like that. Episode, those episodes really I think Life Seals was a good one. Um, yeah, I think the bank one is probably my favorite uh, episode for that one. Uh, but yeah, I quite liked all this sort of you know, darker sort of um, issues, I suppose, back in the day. Even now, actually, I can always like call back and I go, oh, I guess, you know, that reflects this or, you know, this thing going on. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, it just how obviously different people can identify with different themes mm. in the show and that's one of the wonderful things about the show is that god i mean like if we were to sit down and go how many themes does buffy cover it's like right cancel your week you know start putting <laughs> on that coffee now and we'll start going through this because it just there was so many different things um it certainly certainly helped me on part of my journey to kind of accepting myself um, it it rudely finished airing before I had properly uh, learned to accept myself. So, no. God's sake, Buffy, come on. You couldn't have stuck it out for another, how many years was it after that? Ten? Um, Write a letter to them. Please yes. continue, dear. Yes. Buffy, Please give us a special. Uh, speaking of special, um, did you did you enjoy the Entertainment Weekly, the reunion they did there a couple of, I think it was, that was about two years ago now, wasn't it? Where they got the, oh, I'm not yeah. sure they were able, they couldn't get, uh, Anthony Head, uh, the, the uh, s- schedule clashed. I think he sent a message in for it. Uh, but pretty much everyone else got together for this reunion. Did you get a chance to watch that? I've seen, I've seen I think I've seen clips of it. Yeah, I think it was like Buffy and the Atari and Willow and stuff from that. Um, yeah, I saw some clips of it. It looked quite um, nice to get them all back together in the same room, I guess. Um, what they should do really is like a Christmas special, like all the other shows used to do. do a Christmas, okay, we're all back to a Christmas special, you know, set years later, perhaps, you know, whatever. Um, be kind of fun. Um, I know they're talking about doing a reboot still of the uh, the show, aren't they? I wonder. I initially I hate. It. I mean, like I, I think yeah. I threw up a little bit in my mouth when I heard the news, <laughs> um, and then I went away and I had a chat with some um, <clears throat> clear liquidy spirits, and then I had another think about it, and I was like, look, if this means we get more Buffy, you know, in the same way. Did we get more Star Trek, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. there are there are opinions out there on Discovery and Picard. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. I I think I'm okay. I would of course love to see the original cast back, um, but uh, I think I think both particularly David Boreanaz and Sarah Michelle Gellar have both said um, they've given their blessing to say mm-hmm. it's okay, guys. Do a reboot. We're delighted you still like us. Um, yeah, it might be slightly more physically demanding these days to do some of the things that they were doing back then. David Boreanaz, I think you might have to use some. He has aged beautifully. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but he has aged. And he does. He's in SEAL team now, isn't he? That um, yes, like army yeah. thing. So he's, he's still used to doing you know, some of the uh, stunt work. Actually, that's true. Yeah, oh, yeah I tell you what, a good makeup artist, and he will look like he did in at least not fade away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless they do the whole thing where they do the you know the Terminator CG facey thing where they uh, you know CG his younger face onto his body kind of thing which would be weird. But, uh, I mean the way the happen. way technology's gone these days, I mean they could do it on a budget, I'd say. Um, mm. 
I, uh, I, I want to just spend just, just a minute just talking mm-hmm. about the absolutely stellar Cordelia Chase. Ah, yes. Queensy. Oh, my God. I, she is now probably my favourite early character from Buffy the Vampire. Mm-hmm. For a long time, was my favourite character on Angel, and I loved Angel. Um, but, I mean, perfectly cast. Charisma Carpenter just owned every single scene that she was in. Mm. Uh, would you have been a Cordelia in school or would you have been more of a Willow? I think I was more of a Willow, in, in, especially in high, like, high school, like secondary school, it's definitely more of a Willow, you know, geeky, shy, quiet, small group of friends. Um, uh, so it was definitely, I was definitely more of a Willow back then. Uh, but I think I, liked, I definitely liked Cordelia for the whole, you know, just the way she, well, not, she was kind of mean, but just her sort of like presence and, you know, where she like little quippy one-liners and things um just like loved that sort of character back then well she in general you know sort of high school mini girl kind of thing was quite cool to to watch i think she like especially you see her character progression as well she gets mostly nicer she has a little hint of that but she gets nicer throughout which is kind of a nice journey for her character which is nice uh, which is nothing about it all the characters get a nice journey especially they don't you know, stay the same they grow with characters which is a nice thing to see where some shows they're very well, this character you stay like is basically maybe a couple of things change, but you're basically going to be this sort of type of person throughout the entire, you know, twenty seasons we're doing kind of thing. Um, mm. Buffy was much like, no, we're going to have these things that will affect your character, and you'll have to change because these things are affected you, which is a nice, nice which I did like. Like Cordelia, she was very, uh, very good. Um, I kind of liked Harmony actually as well. Actually, saying that Harmony was quite <laughs> funny another character, bless her. Uh, <laughs> but um, the first time round, I didn't. Uh, see that she'd obviously um, got bitten at the end of my like, graduation part two. You kind of see her go off camera being bitten. So when she came back to the vampire, I was like, how did she get into a vampire? And I was like, there must be some sort of, you know, callbacks. So I was like re-watching it earlier. I was like, oh, there she is, just at the end, like off camera, getting like chewed on the neck as she uh, just died, which is quite funny. But uh, oh. yeah, definitely Cordelia was the one. Big time. Like, I, I still quote Cordelia today um, where say if you know i would do it a joking way but say if like you know <laughs> someone has done something else, it's like oh what is your childhood trauma <laughs> that's a good one that is a classic one oh i absolutely love it now here is the putting you on the spot question all right favorite episode and why Ooh, there's so many to choose from that's so hard <laughs> <laughs> Because I have favourite ones for different particular reasons, so mm. favourite all over all, all of that. it's going to be hard. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I kind of like. I mean, I kind of liked the episode. Sorry, I can't remember the name of the episode. Um, the one I, did, I just think somebody would have liked this episode for some reason, but I kind of liked the one where uh, uh, where she's in the mental asylum. It's near the end of like, season. Normal again. Six. Normal again. That's the one. Thank you. Normal again. Yes, I kind of liked that one. It was a nice way of them. I think at one point it was going to be like a, a cliffhanger at some stage. I think they were going to use it originally as a like a thing for me to end the entire show potentially. But I liked that episode. It was a nice way. Maybe she's just like this crazy girl in, in an institute somewhere, and this has all just been made up, which is more like a Star Trek Enterprise, you know, end of season <laughs> holodeck sort of way of getting out of the show. But. Um, <laughs> I kind of like that little, that whole premise of the idea, um, really. So I, that was probably one of, one of my many, many favourites episodes. But uh, 
I just liked it because it was a nice like way to to tie the show into reality really which could have ended thing in time could have been a whole you know end of series kind of thing uh, for Buffy but but something I was like obviously the musical the body uh, Hushed is another one I like um I think Life Serials is one I like as well uh which I think is the bank episode uh, oh. um so there's, I think they're all different favorites uh different particular reasons but it's you know, hard to pick one overall I suppose I like, I like, so I, I, I thank you very much for hanging your hat on normal again, but <laughs> totally understandable with seven seasons worth of material. Each season yeah. has standout moments, standout episodes. And I think, and I'd be interested to hear, would we might even close on this. What did you think of Chosen? What did you think of how the show ended? I thought it was really, I thought it was very clever way of tying it and obviously a way of closing the show but also leading it open to like do more shows generally you know, the old days but we could do shows where you could potentially finish the show but leave it open so you could do a you know make more money later on potentially like you know do more writing um so that was a really nice way and plus the whole you know way of her sharing the power is very empowering you know the whole show is basically you know really empowering which is a nice thing to see um so i think it's a very well done a very clever way of closing the show and also leaving it open for like you know Nowadays, doing a, doing a reboot, they could do a new Slayer. It doesn't have to be Buffy. They could reboot it as a different Slayer, or, which I think was they, they should do, really. I think rebooting actually Buffy, Buffy would be kind of weird. They should just have a new Slayer because they can. They've got, I think the comics would carry on. I've not read them just yet. I know we're behind on, on that, but they still, I know they carry on that theme of like, you know, there's more than one Slayer now and you can just, you know. But I think it was a very clever idea of them. And the whole point, you know, she almost dying again, which is like, I'm not again. This <laughs> is like the third time she's almost died. <laughs> I was like, Paul, I think. But, um, but yeah, I think it was a very lovely um, way of closing the, the overall show, really. Yeah. No, I think so. I think, yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you for going through your love of Buffy with me today and for sharing oh, your thank stories. Thank you for having me. All right, you're very, very welcome. And you will be welcomed back because, I mean, there's that little spin-off show that Buffy did. Uh, you know, we could discuss that at some point as well. Just really quickly, did you watch and enjoy Angel? I did. I, I think I watched... I've watched all of it back in the day, but I never, I've not really re-watched Angel that much. Um, I don't have DVDs for that. Um, but uh, I know there's, I mean, there's crossover episodes where Buffy was in it before the networks had their on fine then they couldn't have any crossovers anymore and it's a bit like I think it was a phone call scene they had where she just said it was angel on the phone or something because they yeah. couldn't show him and i was like oh what they're not done that for it's weird um which i was the whole like licensing and stuff always bugs me with like big networks and stuff and it's like just put things aside and you know put the shows first because that's what's going to make you the money at the end of the day but that's what I think. yeah because the standard answer to that is but dollar signs i was like yeah, mm. yeah but the fans bought dollar signs. oh fine uh, yeah uh, yeah, no. I did watch, I liked kind of the Angel episodes. Uh, what was that? Sorry. Um, for years, there's many, uh, many episodes in, in that room. Um, but yeah, I think the one where he turns to a puppet is quite funny in Angel. That's always oh, one of my favourites. Um, You're a wee puppet man. <laughs> the stuffing comes out, he's being attacked. It's just like, <laughs> it was just, I did like it. And obviously, Spike comes back um, mm-hmm. in that episode as well, uh, which I thought was. I suppose it was good, but also kind of a bit cheats the whole fact that Spike had died, like sacrificed himself at the end of Buffy to like, you know, save them all. But uh, it wasn't yeah. too bad. I still liked Angel, but I think Buffy was always my more go-to series out of the two of them. I think so. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my two cents are Buffy, 
Buffy laid the groundwork for a lot of what's come mm. since on television. Um, like the first one that jumps into mind, even though they might not be automatically the same thing, Riverdale, which is currently dominating Netflix and the CW, like so much of that is taken. Mm. I will say homaged, with a wink, mm. uh, from Buffy uh, and shows like that. And it opened up, you know, the way for things like Charmed and, you know, those kind of shows, which all have done very, very well in their own right. Um, but uh, yeah, so Sammy, thank you very much. Now, did I spy a link to some sort of merch store on <laughs> your on your Twitter? Merchandising, merchandising, where they're all money for the movies made. Um, this was reference. Uh, yes, uh, I did do. I do dabble on I, my day job is like IT. Uh, to be fair, I do dabble on the odd doodling now and then the design stuff. So I saw. I originally was making some designs of just stuff I wanted to like have and wear, you know, maybe little designs that I could like print on a t-shirt and wear. And so the well, I could just put them online. Now that people can also enjoy them potentially if you like them. Um, it's basically at, uh, if you go to like redbubble.com, which is a site, there's lovely other fantastic artwork from other people around the world. Um, there's my section on there, which is, I think, uh, if you just put a little creative slice, you'll find it on there. Or if you find me on Twitter, you'll find my little link there, uh, which is basically just some little designs I've, Put together over the time. I think it was during lockdown. I started doing it. To be fair, it's <laughs> like something like you know, something to do uh, with my time. Uh, so yeah, that was basically me doing some doodling. And uh, if you like doodling, you can go to look and see some of them and uh, maybe purchase something. If you like, they come on everything from like cups to like they just make a lovely design. The red bubble uh, team will see onto cups, stickers, whatever you like. Um, I clearly made a uh, a Buffy themed uh, badge. The Slayer asked me how. I love it's it. It's the LGBTQ community because basically, you know, basically it's really, so it's like, well, let's just make the rainbow on there, make it colourful, you know. So we'll wear one of those with pride every every year, if you like. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I was doing for lockdown. So I decided to creative channel it into little design stuff. So pop over and have a look at them if you can find them. And what I'll, well, I will put a link to that in the description of this episode. And I will also, uh, if you would like this, I presume the answer would be yes, put a link to your Twitter page as well, um, which yeah, also has, of course, the, yes, yes. Uh, what is your Twitter handle again? Oh, the handle, yes, that's um, Buffyboy83. I like that. I like that. It's like, no, no, we're wearing this on our sleeves. <laughs> always been, generally, it's always been my handle for most things, Buffyboy something. I think my Xbox one is roughly the same, but it's like my date of birth. I don't buy a date, but it's my, uh, my day, my year of age at that point. I think it was like 20 something. I was like, oh no, that's a huge new world, doesn't it? <laughs> Never ever put your year of your age on the things because you just look like, oh my God, that was like 10 years ago to <laughs> create this account. Um, so yes, no, my Buffy, it's Buffyboy83 is on Twitter, which is my Twitter account. Come and follow us for generally Star Trek or Buffy related content or food is generally the three things I post. Oh, sorry. I, I must say, you have the most intricate breakfasts. I mean, <laughs> I'm lucky if I have a bowl of porridge, and that's even if I bother <laughs> to put milk or water in it. I mean, you have just the designs going on. Well, as I say, I'd like to treat myself. I think it's just me as well. It's not like I'm doing it for anyone else. I'm like, well, I like to make it look pretty while I'm going to eat and then to, like, just smash into the food and, like, you know, cover yourself in food when you're eating it. But, uh, yeah, generally, I try to make it like a present for I'm making just just for fun really i suppose um i think I, my, me and my sister have a similar issue with uh plating food she'll probably agree for something but um her and her husband uh she she often cooks sometimes and uh he'll come down because he's doing work upstairs and he'll come down and uh like she'll start cooking up like an hour or so beforehand 
it will come down and she would have stopped cooking midway through because she was like maybe sliced a pepper in half and found some sugar face or something in the pepper. You know, you get like, you know, then she'll get the old camera and start taking pictures. And you'll come downstairs and she'll be there mid camera taking going, are we having the food? She's like, yes, yes, just in a minute. I'm just taking some more pictures of the food and stuff. <laughs> so I think we both get that. We're both in the same vein where we'll end up taking weird pictures of food or get very easily distracted. Um, while doing a main task, which is why I don't play many games because I get side quests everywhere. Oh uh, my goodness! Yeah, I my my DM now in my D and D campaign is probably so tired of me. I will it. I will have a look at this window. I will also have a look at the frame of this window and the frame of the frame. Sean, just roll the dice. Okay. I've not actually played D and D just yet. I've got my list of things to do and try. All right. I think we have the beginnings of a beautiful campaign here. Uh, you know, Hellmouth related D and D. Um, but yes, but Sammy, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate you coming and talking to me. No, nice. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Oh, and guys, thank you so much for listening. Whether you agree with everything we've said, think we're crazy and mental, or think we're on crack, let us know. You can get in touch by following me on Twitter at Sean Ferrick. You can also catch me over on Patreon at www.kep patreon.com forward slash Sean Ferrick. Had to remember my own link there where you can get early access to episodes and become a part of the creative process. We will be back next week for another episode of You're On Crack, Mate. I've been Sean and you've been awesome.